Hi, I'm Ricky DeRiz and welcome to episode 9 of the Mind That Ego podcast. Today's focus is self-connection. Today's episode is essentially a stream of consciousness from myself to you (laughs) on the subject of self-connection. The reason I just feel particularly inspired to talk about this currently, because in this present moment, it's a very pertinent and vibrant um, aspect of growth and aspect of being that I'm experiencing. Um, So rather than include any theories or any particular lean-ins on this, I just want to really share my experiences of self-connection and also to share the importance of self-connection. It's something that we may be aware of or hear mentioned but have no idea how to actualize as a, a practical process which if you think about it, it's pretty absurd that we are not taught how to really connect with ourselves. And the weird thing is, we can spend a lot of time alone. We can spend a lot of time seemingly connecting with ourselves without actually connecting with ourselves. So I guess the important thing for me is to explain how I understand self-connection and what makes it a skillful process rather than, you know, just a a way of being in your own company. Let's begin with addressing a fundamental aspect of self-connection or insight or self-inquiry. And that is dissolving the, the idea of one fixed personality or one fixed aspect of being like if we if we mistake ourselves as I am Ricky or obviously you wouldn't say that if your name's not Ricky I I do understand (laughs) but if we we just see ourselves as one rigid fixed entity then it can be really difficult to essentially create an understanding of the the multifaceted uh, minutiae of our own inner universe, because that's what it is. It's an inner universe that has many, many aspects of being, many different archetypes, uh, many different inner resources that can all either become come alive or become very dull and disenchanted at different stages and different moments, often fleeting um, very rapidly between between different aspects of being. So I'm not sure where you are at on your own journey of personal development or spiritual growth. In some respects, this is more of an advanced spiritual understanding. And I say that purely because (laughs) in the Western world, um, the kind of status quo, we not only avoid looking into ourselves and inquiring into our own psyche and our own psychology, we don't particularly embrace this idea of Um, what Buddhists would call no-self, or uh, in Hinduism, Atman, or the idea of a kind of 
divine spark behind the illusion of ego self. So we have uh, this, you know, this idea of an ego self, an egoic formulation of concepts and ideas and emotions that if we are entangled with, we confuse our identity with this entanglement and enmeshment of emotions and thoughts and memories and beliefs and, and perceptions and projections. The idea that is fundamental is that we actually have an element of being that resides behind this illusion. Now, within the inner universe, there are many, many different aspects. You can think of it like the physical universe, the star systems, the galaxies, the moons orbiting the planets, all of this kind of stuff. And really, the the precursor to self-connection is self-insight and self-understanding. So the first thing that we need to do is to begin to explore the inner universe. And we do that through curiosity. We do that through meditation. We do that through journaling. We do that through fracturing this idea of the fixed self as one totality and being able to begin to step into or to become the observer of the inner universe. This is fundamental because if we don't make this separation, okay, if we don't, if we don't tap into understanding who is it who witnesses the thought, who is it that witnesses the emotion? If it is not quote unquote me, who is it? What is it? Um, if we're not able to embrace that, then it's really difficult to then understand and experience the concept of, you know, self-compassion. And then think about it, to, to, to express compassion towards oneself, to send love towards oneself implies there's a subject and an object. But if the object is what you perceive to be yourself, then what is the subject? But going back then to, to self-connection, it really is a process, a, a long, enduring process, a continual process of essentially understanding and building a relationship with yourself. So that requires, like all relationships, you know, this might be something that is completely alien to you. The idea of actually having a relationship with yourself that you have to nourish and invest time, energy, commitment and love into as you would with the other relationships. The danger is because we aren't taught how to cultivate self-connection, we tend to always just look in one direction. We look outwards. We invest all our time and energy into the external world. We don't tend to switch our focus and look within. And what that means is throughout most of our, our, our lives, we are essentially imbalanced by the amount of time and energy that we invest in the relationship with others without really investing that in ourselves. So self-connection is a commitment to, you know, what we want to aim for is to adjust this balance so that we we place ourselves as at least at least equal, if not more important than the other people in our lives, so that we can learn about ourselves, so that we can inquire, and we can, you know, as you would with 
someone that you you are um, bonding with, when we we look to bond with ourselves, we really start with a very open, curious approach. What tends to happen when we look at ourselves is there's a lot of judgment and there's a lot of confusion in the mind, especially when we're not used to looking within. We see that when we begin to enter the psyche, so let's say we start to meditate and we manage to create this change in relationship so that we begin to understand there are many resources, there's an inner universe, that there's not just one fixed um, static you know, personality, but multifaceted um, phenomena going on in the form of thought and emotion that is transient and ever-changing. We begin to notice this, we begin to de- detect different patterns. And then what we do, we start to learn about the the essence, you know, and in the same way that the Hubble telescope, right, can look out into space, into a, a seemingly just empty, dark field in the night sky, and look, and, and that telescope can then come back with an image of billions and billions of stars and billions of galaxies, right? But then on, on the same note, a microscope can zoom in to a single cell, you know, a single atom is possible to, to detect. We have the, this ability within ourselves to go from a very um, wide perspective to zoom in more and more and understand more and more and to enrich and uncover a real delicacy and a real multifaceted and kind of ever revealing aspect to the psyche. It really is one of the most beautiful experiences when you start to um, become the observer and to just take a curious approach to the inner, inner universe, things reveal themselves. But what does this mean for self-connection? So I'll just talk about the way that I experience this, okay? So if I spend a lot of time looking outward and sending my energy out into the world in terms of socializing or distraction, you know, looking to work or looking to my phone or looking to Netflix or just generally not turning um, the focus inward, then what can happen is I start to feel disconnected from myself. And I've become aware of what the feeling of disconnection is. And it is very distinct. It's it's subtle, but it's distinct from a lot of other emotional experiences. It's kind of, (laughs) the the best way of describing it is like there's a, a message from my, my deeper element of being that is kind of tapping me or nudging me slightly and just kind of saying, Ricky, you need to uh, pay a bit of attention to this relationship. You need to connect. How that can manifest is typically through the, the, the messaging system, right? The messaging system from the deeper aspects of self, the deeper aspects of being are anxiety. They are depression, you know, their restlessness. There are lots of um, essentially bubbles that rise to the surface and the bubbles are the emotions. But the cause of that is a lot deeper. So when I, I start to sense this kind of murmuring 
if I'm aware that I've maybe not been meditating as much, that I've not taken time really to, to escape external influence. And, and by that, I mean anything that can permeate our field of consciousness. So going back to a kind of universal metaphor, you can think of our, our field of consciousness or at least our field of awareness, right? Like it has some gravitational force. And as we go about our day, things are consistently moving towards like um, space, you know, asteroids in space or, or kind of debris. As we move through, more and more things build into our field of consciousness. And then that can just be the, the news story that we read this morning or the comment that someone makes to us at work, or it can be um, a particular emotion that we are focusing on and that triggers a storyline. So we kind of get uh, wrapped up and ruminate in that. But whatever, whatever way, we can become really distracted by external influences and the kind of surface level of the thinking mind. And really at the top level, using a metaphor of the ocean, if emotions are the bubbles that rise to the surface, we have like the foam on top, which is the, the really um, fleeting but also kind of fresh thoughts that are more reactive that are kind of like based on um, this this superficial, uh, fragile external layer that we can, without cultivating self-connection and self-insight, we can always just remain on a superficial level. It's incredible. It is incredible how easy it is to not really engage with the deeper aspects of being. As much as it is incredible, it's forgivable because it's very difficult at times to turn towards uh, what can be seen as quite a scary place, the place of the unknown, particularly if you're new to the field of self-development and self-inquiry and meditation. So what we need to understand is that we need to remove ourselves from external influence initially. This, if you're not used to it, can be one of the hardest things you'll ever do to actually sit in a room, right? To sit in a room without any distraction and just be with yourself can feel terrifying if you're not used to it. But the thing is, it's also the thing that will change your life the most. Um, so now is a good time to quote Osho. Um, this is from one of his books on emotions and we're getting at now the necessity of solitude to self-connect. It is absolutely essential. You aren't able to fully self-connect on a deeper level if you're surrounded by external influence. So to quote Osho, he says, meditation is just a courage to be silent and alone. Slowly, slowly, you start feeling a new quality to yourself, a new aliveness, a new beauty, a new intelligence which is not borrowed from anybody, which is growing within you. It has roots in your existence. And if you are not a coward, it will come to fruition, to flowering. So what Osho is, is getting at with this comment is that it takes, it takes great courage to be silent and alone. But if we have that courage, the inner universe that reveals itself is vibrant and it is alive. And it's almost as if in this backdrop of silence and in this backdrop of solitude, the soul then has the, the room and the, the sounding board to, to vocalize and to communicate. 
So we understand that through the process of looking within with curiosity and removing external influence, we provide a rich landscape for some deeper element of being, of pure aliveness, pure awareness, pure consciousness to become known. And that is the aspect that when it becomes known, it is a a huge catalyst to really profound change. So for me, what I, I <clears throat> make no mistake, the ability to access this part of ourselves is the precursor to immensely upgrading and transforming your life and the way that you relate to everyone and everything. But it's not easy. And it's also unconventional because we are not in a society that sees it agreeable that we can spend time in solitude. You know, we, we are um, constantly, constantly bombarded with messages of FOMO and how important it is to always be switched on and always be working or having fun. So to actually look within and to confront the shadow self and to confront these elements of being, um, that's really challenging. It's really challenging and it takes a lot of courage to do so. But self-connection really is the process of having that courage to really understand, okay, what is it that motivates my behavior? What is it that fuels these thoughts? What unprocessed emotions are there? What trauma am I not facing? You know, what memories am I holding on to? What am I... um, biggest devices, you know, what things do I crave the most? What things do I resist the most? So really what we want from self-connection is the ability to allow all external stimulus to just disappear and to create a connection. We're forging a relationship and a connection with our inner truth and our inner authentic self. When these things when these concepts of who we are and these external influences, when they just fall away, we're left with something that is pure and true. And it can be terrifying because if you're identifying with ego, the moment that this starts to disappear, we feel like we are disappearing and there will be a lot of resistance to this process. So the process itself can be terrifying, but what is actually afraid is the mistaken identity. The more that we can tune into our, our true self, our higher self, uh, the soul, whatever language you'd like to use, the more we familiarize with what it feels like. And then this is a process of self-realization, right? Then we can start to infuse these truths and this authentic self with the way that we go about in the world. So for me, to self-connect, I make sure that I meditate, that I remove the external um, distractions, and that includes not only other people, but it includes anything other than just insight. So reading, watching TV, listening to music, anything. And I make sure I just sit with myself. If you don't want to, you know, or, or you want to mix up your practice or you're not so keen on um a meditation practice, just go out in nature alone. Oh, I tell you, like, <laughs> the power 
of just going for a walk in nature alone without your phone, without a book, without a notepad and just being there and allowing the the self, the soul to make an appearance because that's really what we're, we're looking at, right? Self-connection. This implies that there's a moment where two things combine and there's a union. Um, and this union is, is between, uh, the soul and I guess the, the kind of awareness of, of the soul's existence in many ways. When we're out in nature, this can be a real inspiration. Studies have shown that it, does it take like 20 minutes in nature is enough to, to alleviate stress. It's also a very transcendental experience. We kind of become absorbed if we allow ourselves to be and we then lose sense of ourselves. And in doing so, we connect with the part of us that is transcendent and eternal and part of nature because of the interconnected nature of being uh, of everything, which is beautiful, right? Um, so to, to connect with oneself requires the courage to, to be with oneself without any distraction and also the courage to maintain conviction even when this surface level foam is kind of distracting us even when we we feel a sense of like boredom right I find that some of my biggest breakthroughs in terms of connection whether that be in nature or by myself in meditation they're the moments that come after a real sense of like God, what's the point in this? Or like, I feel, I feel really bored or really restless and, and everything, like every fiber of my being is trying to encourage me to just put on Peaky Blinders or, you know, put on, put on some music or a podcast or whatever. And in staying strong in this conviction to connect with oneself, you have to kind of overcome these hurdles and these barriers because they will present because it's so unnatural particularly to begin with. So these barriers will present, but then even boredom can become fascinating when you just remain curious to it. Um, another way to connect with the self is to just feel. So to be mindful. So let's say that you are feeling anxious, right? One way would be to resist and look to the external world to try and give you some um, antidote to the anxiety. Well, self-connection is just feeling that feeling of being with the anxiety and, and being kind towards it and trying to develop a new skillful uh, relationship with this. The same with sadness, the same with anger, the same with all emotions. You can really use emotions as a way to connect with yourself and, and to have compassion and understanding. In terms of cognition, um, I, I like to journal, of course, like journaling is a huge act of self-connection because you're learning to process your thoughts and your emotions and your deeper truths in a, a way that is not just kind of rambling around in your consciousness. You, you, you manifest it. You As soon as you, you take that pen, I always like to, to journal by hand. You take a pen and you're, you're going through the process of actually manifesting and writing down. And that is transformative as well. We go back to this idea of subject and object. You actually can see the separation. And also through journaling, you know, you have the opportunity to look back at old entries and start to understand yourself in a, in a deeper way. I'm going to leave it at that um, today because I just wanted to kind of um, talk while inspired. I hope it's been useful. 
Um, but this is like a really rich topic, the idea of connecting with the self. I'm going to talk about it much more in future for sure. Like it's a, it's one of the most important things we can do because the more that we, we get to know our, our authentic selves, the more we get to build compassion and love for ourselves, the better we can relate not only to other people, but just to the world, right? Like the more clarity we have around who it is that we are, what our values are, what we're here to do. These are things that really build the foundations of of a fulfilling life. And it's really important. All of these foundations require connection to self because the better the relationship with self, the better the clarity, the better the understanding, the more coherence. And we can build like a communication system with ourselves and then allow that to infuse and manifest in our lives so that we make sure that the decisions we make are aligned with ourselves and that we can look after ourselves as well um, without the need to be overly reliant on external forces. As always, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for listening to this stream of consciousness. I hope that it has resonated with you on some level, you know, and maybe you've you've listened to this and there's been this kind of really quiet murmuring in the background. Listen to that. That's the way that your yourself tries to communicate with you. Um, I would recommend after listening to this episode just to take some time to sit with yourself and, and to make the commitment to be curious, to, to understand, to appreciate that we don't really know ourselves as well as we think we do and that there's a lifelong process of getting to know ourselves just as we would get to know other people in our lives. Um, if you like the content, sign up to the Mind That Ego mailing list at mindthatego.com. You can find more content on Facebook um, at Mind That Ego on Instagram, Ricky Deriz, D-E-R-I-S-Z. Um, also consider joining the new Facebook group um, of self-inquiry and empowerment. Uh, you can find that through the, the Facebook page. And yeah, thank you for tuning in. This has also been a process of self-connection for me. And I hope the collateral <laughs> benefit is that it has inspired you in some way um so yeah thank you thank you thank you thank you and hopefully you will be back to hear more ramblings in the future